Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Logos Uncovered. I am your host, Doug Brown, and uh, sitting next to me, as always, my tag team partner, Andrew Whitman. What's up, bud? How you doing, man? Doing great, buddy. How are things going for you? Oh, they're doing awesome. You know, it's all good. Um, it's uh, 2021. We're rocking and rolling. And yeah. Yeah. Super excited. Yeah. It was uh, cool to get into last week where we went. It was nice to take a little deep dive into the beginning of... Of, of Saul, Paul, so to speak, and then really un, unwrap some of the yeah. stuff that's just totally blown over. And, and like we talked talk about the timeline being compressed. So um, for those of you who missed it, go back and listen. But we had a f- couple big reveals. One was that the book of Acts is takes place, or did take place over a much longer time period. Right. It's not just like a, you know, just boom, 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 um, back to back. Yeah, it action. really takes place like over the first thirty years after right. you know Jesus uh, his resurrection. Yeah, and you know, like this week we're gonna we're gonna kind of put Paul's gonna be back on the back burner. Remember when we said he had that fourteen years? Right. So we're not gonna pick up Paul again until the end of these these fourteen years. So today we're gonna start, and he's gonna it's it's like um, you know another it's we're like five years. So when Paul like first got uh, born again, it was like. Three to four years after Jesus, right? Rose. But now we're going to hit that like that five year mark mm-hmm. and that six year mark, and we're going to go back to pick up Peter's story. And I want you to think of this. So he's like six years in since Jesus. Now, how long was he with with Jesus? It'd be nine. Years, he was right? with well, well three, on the three, earth. Three they had earth. three years on the earth, then, right? So and then Jesus was gone. So he was with Jesus. Yeah, the, the twelve apostles or whatever they were, they were with Jesus for three years, right? When we pick up today, we're at six years. So it's been twice as long. He's lived twice as many years since he was with Jesus. Those three years now, six years has gone by, right? So, so we're nine years removed from the beginning of the ministry. nine years, right. Gotcha. But so, and as we go, the gap gets longer and longer. So I want to say it like this. I was in the Marine Corps for six years, like 35 years ago. So it was five times. The, the length of my life has been five times what the time in the core was. Right. So when we pick up Peter's story, it's double. It's twice as much life as he lived since the time he was with Jesus. So it's starting to, you know, so the gap is going. Um, and I'll say this, just with, naturally, with the Marine Corps, that had such an impact on me those six years that it has affected the rest of those 35 years. Of course. Right. Still, right. still yeah. a lot of things are fresh in my memory, but there's a lot of things that are not. <laughs> right. But you're saying is you took a lot of things with you that shaped right, that, whether it's right. your, your mindset, your discipline, all that, all stuff. that stuff. And that's all natural. That's just right. naturally. So imagine that supernaturally you're with Jesus, with the Messiah. It's going to have this huge impact on you. But I just want you to know that this is not just all just happening. At, you know, so we're six years into it. And then as we roll through, you're going to see like, um, you know, remember it was like two years before persecution Stephen got martyred and then because they right. were camping out in Jerusalem. Then we said we finished last week and I'll kind of start here. This is where we finished was in Acts nine and verse thirty one where it says the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed peace without persecution being built up in wisdom and virtue and faith, and they were walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort and encouragement of the Holy Spirit, and it continued to grow in numbers. And now, what does the human do? We did just what we did in Jerusalem. We begin to camp out again. Right, we set up shop and Right, and so this is good. Home. We're comfortable, right? Because right. I said the comfort and the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, right? So 
status quo again is beginning to be built. So we're going to see this in the next few chapters. There's still growing going on. We still we see that um, here. We're going to see in chapter uh, ten that Peter takes the message to the Gentiles for the first time. Mm. That's six years after yeah. Jesus gave the commission, and now we're just now six years into it for the first time. Actually, going to go preach it to Gentiles. Um, which is the uttermost parts of the earth, because there are Jews separated out there, you know, the dispore, right. the dispersed, but that's not the uttermost parts of the earth. I mean, come on, man. Right? So there, it takes them six years to get to that. And then you'll see that there's some more stuff, you know, in the next chapter, that it's all good, and they're you know, still growing, and they haven't, right? and then they camp out, and then by the time you get to chapter 12, they're camping out in that Judea-Galilee area, and so Herod... And you like the geography is up by Capernaum. We'll see that in the story, which is you know way is north. That's where Herod uh, Agrippa he kills John's brother James, mm. and now persecution starts again. They call it the second persecution because we camped out and we didn't go to the so we we did Jerusalem, and then you had to be persecuted in order to for Philip to go to Samaria, and then we camp out in Judea, Galilee, and Samaria, and we hang out there for a number of years, and then we, you you get persecuted again, and then you begin to move. Same pattern, over right? And over. It's, it's, right. And this is what we want to avoid. You don't have God doesn't send this. This happens because you remember we said the angel of the Lord moves on right. when we're fulfilling the commission. Well, if you just camp out. Um, Overstay your welcome. Yeah, are you following this? <laughs> yeah. So I, it, people are like, and we saw last week with the suffering of Paul. It's really the word experience. He experienced great things for my name, not suffered great things for the sake of my name. Well, you're gonna have to suffer in order for Jesus' name to be go better. That's just nonsense. But that's yeah, that a religious. A, that yeah. was a huge reveal. I think. Hopefully, for folks who are, who are listening, follow along. Yeah. You go, you know, go in your Bible, man. Change that, like. Look at Can, it. Like, Go look, look at in the concordance it. and the e-sword and then put the markings in there. Put the real thing in there because yeah. it makes a huge difference. Yeah, and, people get it. I, My mom and dad would say this when I was little. If you, you have a Bible you can't write in, throw it out and go get one that you can. You know, it's like, go get a new one that you can yeah. write in. And I can't write in my Bible. Well, get one that you can write in. <laughs> so, um, right. So I want to pick up the story now. Okay. And here we are. It's it's um, about uh, bet- 40, maybe between 37 and 41 AD. And there's different takes on, but we're going to go with it's about six years since Jesus. All right, so here we go. Now, Peter was traveling throughout the land. Finally, (laughs) finally, Peter's traveling throughout the land. And he goes down. Remember, you come out of Jerusalem, you're really going, you know, you're downhill. But he actually goes northwest towards the coast. So he goes down to visit the saints or God's people who are at uh, Lida. Now, Lida is just um, outside of a town called Jaffa or Joppa. It's Jaffa now, which is a suburb of Tel Aviv. Okay. So it's like 30 miles northwest of Jerusalem, right out to the Mediterranean coast. That's where he goes. He goes to the beach. Okay. So he's yeah. in he's in Judea, and and he found a man named uh, there named Ianus. And he had been bedridden for eight years and was paralyzed. Now, let's just kind of stop right there. So eight, so Jesus was here six years ago. Mm-hmm. This guy has been paralyzed and in the bed for eight years. He was clearly uh, contemporaneous with Jesus' ministry. So that means, and Jesus had three years of ministry. This guy gets paralyzed like into the first year of Jesus' ministry. So you have two more years of Jesus' earthly ministry. This guy's laying out there near the beach, paralyzed. They don't even bring him mm. to Jesus or he doesn't come to Jesus or whatever. But right. you have this chronic. Are you following this? Yeah. Eight years is a long time, man. Yeah. How old are your kids? 
Yeah, eight and five. Yeah, right. Yeah, and it feels like time. yesterday right. when the oldest one was born. I was at the, <laughs> but that was like that's eight years, man. Yeah. It's a but yeah. you, right. So the years go fast, but the days go slow. Right. So here we got um, Peter shows up, and, and in verse thirty-four he says, "Dianus, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and make your bed." Now, did he have like a prayer service? Did he preach? Did he have an altar call? No. no, he's he finds the guy and he says, Jesus Christ heals you, get up and make your bed. And immediately Ianus gets up. Then all those, then how many? All. All who lived at Lydda and in the plain of Sharon saw what had happened to him, and they turned to the Lord. Again, marketing 101 kingdom, you know, of God style. Mm. Remember the commission was all these signs will follow those that believe in my name. Who's, right. Whose name does Peter call out? Does Jesus. It, Jesus. And then everybody, all of them, turned to the Lord. Now, in Joppa, there was a disciple, not a believer. Remember, there's, there's believers, which are the people that believe on Jesus. Then the disciples are the disciplined ones. And those are the ones who, really, they're the ones that believe on the basis of the name because they do stuff. In the, in the, yeah, they're practicing. They're practicing, yeah. right, every yeah. day. So now in Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, which is translated into the Greek, which means Dorcas. And she was rich in acts of kindness and charity, which she continually did. I want you to read that out of the King James, though. All right. This woman was full of good works and okay, alms let's stop deeds. Okay, And alms deeds. So yeah, good works. What what's the good means. work? Well, what, what are good? What's the good list? What are works? Yeah. What are good works? Beauty, bounty, yeah, right. better, the best, happy, welfare, cheerful, glad, lighthearted, willing. Right. Right. The finest and the best, health and prosperity. She goes around doing good. Right. And alms deeds, which are giving material provision to people in need. If you look it up, alms deeds are, I'm giving you money or material provision, resources, mm -hmm. physical resources, right? Now, can you give anybody anything you don't have? No, you got to have it first. Correct. Now, what we're going to see as we go through here is that because they did that socialist experiment in Jerusalem, that commune, they're continually poor. They took all their resources and put it inside themselves into the mm -hmm. commune. And then what happens is to the rest of the time, uh, till the church is destroyed there and the city is destroyed in 70 AD, they can't do alms deeds. They're out there with their hands out begging for alms deeds. Right. They're begging for stuff. Right. I want you to see this because in the name of Jesus, you shouldn't be begging. You should be providing right. material provision. Disciples provide. Mm. But you can't give anybody anything you don't have. So that means that Tabitha here had to have material provision and not just, uh, you know, enough for herself and her family. If it's written here that she's doing these things, it wasn't like she did it once or twice. No, in fact— This was a habitual thing she was doing right. to develop this reputation. Well, it says in the, in the Amplified, she was rich in these acts of kindness and charity, yeah. which she continually did. Right. Which we're going to see here in a minute because all these people show up that have she had helped. Hmm. But again, in the name of, see, it's not just about healing, mm -hmm. operating in the name of Jesus. You need to go provide for people. Like, and this is what James said, you know, saying, be well, be fed, and then you don't give them it. You just tell them, you know, but there isn't any material provision. Right. That's ridiculous. Help anybody. Right. Congratulate. You yeah. know, so, but you have to have, so what I'm seeing, most believers are standing there begging. They're looking for alms deeds like this, the, the, Folks in Jerusalem ended mm -hmm. up doing the whole rest of their, you know, they had two years, two great years, and then the, the rest of the 35 years or whatever, they're begging. Right. 
That's what I see in the church today. World ride. I have so many. Every day I got people. I got another one begging me to pay for their college tuition over in Africa today. Why are you begging? If God told you to go to college and you're a disciple, not just a believer, but if you actually believe in the name of Jesus, not only will your stuff be provided, you'll go provide other people to pay for college. Stop looking. You don't even know me. You just found me on Facebook. Are you following this? Yeah. Like, who in your town? Like, who's with? Because you look at her. She's she's ministering to people that are in her pathway. She's not sending stuff all over the place. Hmm. And when Paul brought uh, alms deeds back to the church of Jerusalem, they were giving it to Paul, and he took it from the church of Philippi and Ephesus. and Col- Right? The, all the saints from abroad, they gave it to Paul, who took it physically to Jerusalem. Right. Because they were still stuck, camped out there, and right. So there's so now we're having to, you know, and yes, we do need to take care of folks, but at the same time, they also need to be looking to Jesus and become disciples, right? We want to go from beggar into mm-hmm. somebody that is somebody who can provide for the. So it's it's the old weak becomes strong, mm. but comfort the feeble minded. Are you following this? Yeah, I think I know what you're saying is if you're if you're a believer, you need to grow up to where you're a disciple. And if you're a believer that's in lack, the best way to, to do that is to recognize who your source is. Correct. Not, not go to some other people and ask right. somebody else to solve your horizontal, problem. Horizontal. Like that's Just horizontal. Go vertical. Correct. Find, All right, that, that's my source. Now, it, that, that provision may come physically from somebody horizontally. It, right. So that's, right. and that's right. So this is what I'm always ready to give. Yeah. I'm always looking to give, but I'm always waiting to hear from the Holy Spirit to tell me who to give to. Right. Because it says, don't waste your stuff, man. You don't want to, yeah. don't throw your pearls before swine. Right. All that stuff, don't yeah. let them get trampled on by, you know, the dogs. Right. Because it's a, it's what we have is precious. And we're so, and <laughs> we're not just to make my, this is what most people do to make themselves feel better. They, they see a commercial on TV or they get hit up with the sob story and they feel guilty. And then they give alms deeds. Right. Not because God, t- they're not led by the spirit. They're not led be- by the name of Jesus. They're led by their guilt. Right. Are you following right. that? Yeah. And if you're on the other end of it where you're like, remember the guy that was begging Peter and John? Mm-hmm. What did they, did they say? Yeah, let's give you some cash. These guys aren't poor. They own fishing businesses. They own houses. They're not poor. People think that the apostles were poor. They weren't. They had business. They were business yeah. owners. In fact, they were so well off that they could just walk off and the businesses were still going. Right. They said, we're not giving you any money. But what I do have, I'm going to give you, which is in the name of Jesus, faith in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. Right. And then Now that, you can go provide for yourself. Right. And then in turn, that guy, I mean, it doesn't say what happened to him down the road, yeah. but you would think... You know, that changed his life. Well, he can't be begging anymore. Perhaps. He can't be begging anymore. Right. Are you following this? Yeah. So this is the alms deeds, and you'll see this with her, with Dork as with Tabitha. It just has a little blurb, but you'll see these people were not staying. They're not, if you're giving to the homeless, they should not be just staying homeless. Right. Is it, yeah, you're right. It's that, that, that routine of, like, the same people come to the, the shelters, you know. It, right. They never, they never leave. We because, have to move forward. Right. Well, there's a lot of people. Yeah, you're feeding them, and they're not starving to death. That's great. But right. Wouldn't it be better if if they were able to grow out of that and into that? Not better, but that's what when you're potential. when you're actual believer and the and the name of Jesus infused into your life with that power, you do get better. If you're really a believer, there's no way that your spirit mm. can mix with God's spirit and you stay in that state. Mm. It's yeah. just not going to happen. So you might have said the quote quote sinner's prayer because someone closed you on the deal to say these words and that, but 
you're not you're not, not really, really born again because yeah. if you are there's no way the holy spirit would say yeah just stay here in this state uh, that you have nothing that you're in sickness that you're in poverty that you're in like the seven parts of redemption right. that's all right spiritual health physical health, mental health, emotional health, social health, financial health, and safety is all part of the package when you believe on Jesus. Right. And if you're a believer and you believed on the name, you should not be begging, and you shouldn't be walking around sick, and you shouldn't be being plagued by uh, anxiety and fear or mm. depression, and you shouldn't be plagued by bad relationships, and you shouldn't be plagued by um, being in position where you're constantly in danger. Right. Right, because that's the redemptive yeah. package. Are you following? Yeah, it's kind of like what, what what James said is it, if you're if you're truly a believer, you truly have faith. Your heart is changed. When your heart is changed, in you, your 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 mind is renewed. You're going to take different actions. You, you have to. If you truly have faith, you become certain, a new species of right, being, a in, new creature. And certain things should follow you. Absolutely, they will. New habits, right. new thoughts, new Correct. actions, new deeds right. should follow you. So. And you'll see here these people that she did her alms. It doesn't say she is selling anything, but apparently she was rich because she's giving stuff away. Now watch what happens. We're in verse uh, 37. And during that time, it happened that she became sick and died. Now she's a disciple. Mm. Now remember, the Bible was they only had the Old Testament. They didn't have the New Testament stuff, and Paul ain't even started his stuff yet. So we right. don't, they don't know about hypostasis. They don't know about. I mean, Peter didn't write by his stripes you were healed until like sixty five or seventy A.D. Are you following this? Sure. Right? So, okay. So now she became sick and died, and when they had washed her body and laid it in an upstairs room, so you know she's got a pretty nice house because they put her upstairs and 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 since Lida was near Joppa, the disciples hearing Peter was in Lida sent. Two men to him, urging him to come up without out delay. Now, what does that sound like? If they're saying come up without delay, what are they thinking? I think he's going to do something. Yeah, they don't come up here for the funeral without yeah. delay. No, they're like, go like, get it. Like, yeah, yes, she's dead, this. but we can fix this, right? right? And who do we know that has been with Jesus? Remember, they didn't have their, their New Testament written yet. Right. And let's be honest, Peter just now got out of Jerusalem and went to Lydda. He ain't even been to Joppa yet. But it, clearly it says that they're believing that if God can raise Jesus, right, then, then this can, right. he can fix this too. Right. So Peter got up at once and went with them, and when he arrived, they brought him to the upstairs room, and with all the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing him. Now look, who are, who are you supposed to give to, according to James, the book of James? Orphans and widows. That's our alms deeds. We're not supposed to be giving to, because Paul said, if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. You don't give to able-bodied people. Mm. You give to people, and the, the reason you gave to widows back then, there wasn't a welfare system, and... Uh, you as Nobody a woman, was taking care you, of them, right, right? You couldn't go out and work. Right. You would have to start your own. But that's the only way you could start your is start your own business because no one was going to hire you in the workplace right. as a female back then. Right. Yeah. People think they got it rough now. Right. Yeah. Go exactly. back. Go back. Yeah. Years. Right. So here's the widows. The people she did Amzi were stood beside him and they were weeping and they were showing him all the tunics and robes that she used to make while she was with them. Oh wow. They're going over her. Look at here's her the stuff, right? Work. And here's the stuff she gave to us, and here's the yeah. stuff that I wore, and this is yeah. how she got us out of this jam. And now look, we're doing right. But Peter sent them all out of the room, and he knelt down, and now because you know he, he's seen this before, he's seen this. Before. He saw this. Okay, this is clear With the room. Iris's daughter. Clear the room, right. y'all. Y'all get out. Just give me a minute. And this time he does pray. Yeah, because in his, and this, I would be the same way. I just got the guy that was, you know, healed after eight years of being paralyzed. I don't even pray. I'm just like, hey, Jesus Christ heals you and get up, right? But this one, 
Raising from the dead, it seems a little bigger than like getting out of a wheelchair, right? right. Which is getting out of a wheelchair is bigger than like getting rid of a headache, right? In our mind, in our mind, not in God's. It's all the same, right? Right. It's it's, it's, it's divine healing. It doesn't right. line up with good, so right. it's all yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. So he kneels down and he prays. Then he then he turns to the body and he says, "Tabitha, arise." And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he mm-hmm. gave her his hand and helped her up. And then he called all the saints, God's people in, the widows, and he presented her to them alive. And this became known all over Joppa. And many, not all this time, many mm-hmm. came to believe in the, in the Lord. And that is to adhere to and trust and rely on Jesus as the Christ and Savior. And so it was that Peter stayed in Joppa for many days with Simon a tanner. So now he sets up shop in Joppa. Interesting. But see, she was surrounded by people that didn't just go, well, God wanted another flower in heaven. Yeah. They refused to accept that. Yeah, they're like, go get Peter. He's right yeah. down in line. We'll get him up here without delay. And, and you know, did Peter say, well, you know, I don't know if I could do this one. I'm not Jesus. Yeah, I hadn't done this before. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. Now, listen, I don't want to get your hopes up. I don't want to present any false hopes with you. You know, I know, we, you know, Jesus could save you, you know, your soul and save you from your sins mm. and you'll have eternal. But I'm not sure if we could get her up out of the, you know, I don't know. It might be too late. Is it? No. He's not, he's not drawing back. Right. I don't see that in the church today. No, it's funny. The shift has become all towards saving you from something that you're not like presently in danger, danger of. of. Right. <laughs> like, when did that happen? I know it's a right. tangent, but, but here they're worried about saving her from death, literally. And why? And they need her because she's helping yeah. people. Like, this is not, she, like, she has a, a lifestyle. She's a disciple, she is providing. And helping, uh, clearly she's training them. She's not right. just like leaving homeless to stay homeless. Right. Just like Peter and, and John didn't leave beggars to stay beggars. Right. Hmm. Here's another, if you're begging and you're a believer, my Bible tells me in Psalms, that David said the, he's never seen the righteous begging bread. And remember, righteousness is equity. Somebody who's in covenant is what the Bible calls someone who is righteous. If you're a believer, you're righteous. Mm. You should not be begging bread. Otherwise, you're not activate, You're not operating in your covenant. You're not really a believer because if you right. were, right, by because— You believed long ago, maybe. Right, but, but you're, you're not, not, being, being, be- you're not being believing. Right. right, so this is the thing. So I'm always going to go to my Heavenly Father first in the name of Jesus for whatever physical needs I have. Right. And as a disciple, I'm always on the lookout, Father, who do you need me to infuse provision to? Right. And, and again, it's not written here this way, but you got to think that these guys— they didn't just think of this on their own, right? There was right. probably some prayer involved. But you got to think that she dies, and I don't know if I'm in their shoes. My first reaction is, God, what do we do? You know, now maybe they came up with it on their own. I don't know, but what you're saying is the the solution manifested itself physically in the in in the appearance of Peter, right? But it was God doing the work through him. 
Well, sure right? it was, of course, yeah. because that's what, remember, it says it's he not like confirmed he just, the signs. Peter's not doing it. Like, I don't he do, just shows up and Right, I'm just going to be the hands and the feet. I'm the body of Christ. Right. I don't actually do the healing, but I, my Bible says that if I believed in the basis of the name, I'd lay hands on the sick and they would recover. Right. Right, right, you found and, that, right? he, and he just walks in this out. And he just walks in, right? So and just yeah. does it. So I and I I believe the same thing. I'm not gonna back away from it and be like, well, I don't know. Yeah. You know, um now I will say this. With Tabitha, it's easier. I've had an easier time with people that are in a coma and should have been dead already. They're barely on life signs because I don't have when I'm asked to come in by the family or friends. That gives me the authority to just lay hands on him and command her like he did. Get up. Mm-hmm. I don't have to fight your faith because I can't override your choice. But when you're kind of unconscious, like you don't have a choice. If someone made right. it for you, so now I can I have the opportunity to come in and override your faith if your faith is out of the picture, which a lot of times that's easier. Because if you don't really believe it could happen, then I can't override your faith. Because she says you got the man of God in there who has this stuff happen all the time, and you know, right? So that's what they would grab Peter. They're like, it's above our heads, but I know a guy. I get a lot of calls like that. It's above my head, but I know a guy that God hears his prayer. Like, they're fine. Not a problem. So what I have to do is spend time with somebody. Remember when they said, such as I have, give I you, it was because he was expecting earnestly to receive yes. something. He, he, knew, he knew those guys had something for Something. Him. And as we look through here, you'll see Paul's preaching one time later on, and he sees somebody who he said he recognized that he had faith to be healed. He's just sitting in the service. Hmm. Paul's preaching, and he saw that, that, hey, that guy has the faith. I perceive he has the faith to receive, and he says, get up. So when somebody's re- somebody's ready to receive, then we have to infuse it with the name of Jesus. Right. If you're not, remember, not everybody believed here. It's funny. It says all of them believed in Lida, but you get the Joppa, which is you know a much more cosmopolitan town. Only many believed, not all believed. Mm. We can't override somebody's free will choice with the name of Jesus. Right. So, and you've said this before. It's one of the things uh, I was listening to some of the old Clock One Point One. Um, stuff, uh, 1.0, and you were you were actually speaking once, and you were talking about the good and evil lesson. You said, you know, it's not on my whatever someone else's results are doesn't matter to yeah. me. As in, I want you to do good, but if you don't receive it, then I don't value my worth. As I think what you said, based on your results. Yeah, I look at like it. Well, we saw a great football game the other day, and you know the quarterback can make the perfect throw. If the receiver isn't looking or doesn't catch it, right, they, it's not the quarterback's fault. Correct. He put the ball in the perfect right. spot. Correct. And I, that's why I look at it. Like our job is to show up and deliver what we're called to deliver yes. to people that are ready to receive it. And if for some reason they don't or they can't, that sucks and, for them. Right. But I mean, it's awful and it's sad. Yeah. And I will do what I can. Remember, it says it, uh, Paul said this over in Corinthians that we don't have any dominion over anybody's faith. Correct. I can't yeah. make you believe anything. So yeah. all we can do is help your joy, right. is stir up your excitement about this. So that's what we do, right? I'm just trying to get you something, spark something in there so that you will believe. That's really my job. You know, everybody's job in the commission is to spark something in you that you would believe that sounds great. Yes. And oh, okay, I'll grab, you know, and be credible enough that they would receive from you. And this is the other thing is like, if you're not a credible vessel, they can't receive from you. Right. If you're a clown show, like you're a clown show, like no one taking you serious. Like if Peter was a goofball, they wouldn't have ran down to the next town and said, come up here. Right. Yeah. He's not the court jester. Right. If he was some like political zealot, 
you know, that was just constantly start, stirring up trouble and, right. and, and, and drawing attention to himself, they probably wouldn't, <laughs> right. wouldn't have chosen him either. Or, or he's, you know, he's a stand-up comedian, you yeah. know, and he's like, oh, let's go get that, you know. And I'm not yeah. slamming those guys, but I'm, what I'm saying is that's not what, if you're going to be a credible messenger of the gospel, I like to have fun and I joke around, but I, my life is not comedian. Sure. It's not a comedy. Yeah, you it's take not a-, a gesture. I'm not being sarcastic all the time. I don't rip people. Are, are you following that? Yeah. Because yeah. it ruins their ability to receive from me. Right. Right. Another part of the commission is being a credible vessel so that when you come and bear the name of Jesus, people can receive it. Mm. So now in chapter 10, now it's Caesarea, Martima. This is another 30 miles up the coast. So now we're getting pretty far north. Okay. Okay. It's probably up on the like other a, side of Galilee. It's on the Mediterranean like, I mean, coast. It's near, near Lebanon kind of. It's, it's up getting up near Lebanon. Yeah. And there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of what was known as the Italian Regiment. Now, this regiment consisted, a regiment consisted of about 600 men, so six companies, and he was a centurion in charge of 100. So he's now, a company would, commander. Would this be somebody who is a naturally born Roman citizen? Yeah, he's part, well, he's part of the 10th Legion. You know the 10th Legion? You heard of the 10th Legion, hmm. right? That was the Caesars, right? Yes, yeah. So these are the, they're not mercenaries. It's like the 101st Airborne. Right. These are the, it's the 10th Roman Legion, yeah. the Eagle. Remember yeah. we talked about that before in right. like my banner over me, the Eagle. And he's a centurion, so he's a company commander. He has 100 men under him. Okay. So he's not nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but he's probably been living or stationed in this area for some time. For a while. Right. And he's a devout man and one who, along with all his household, feared God. Now how? How would that, how do you suppose that? So this guy's probably been around the world a lot. Okay. And then you're, because you're, he's in the Roman army and he has his whole household because he's an officer and he's right. pretty high up. So his, he has a, you know, his house travels with him. He's probably just stationed here and he's been in other places and he's seen pagan, he's seen the Greek gods, he's seen the Roman gods, he's seen all the, the crazy, you know, side cults, mm-hmm. all the weird stuff that's going on. You know, there's the moon god and the sun, right? And all, and, Somewhere, so he's in this area, he, he's introduced to the one God, the creator, mm. Jehovah. Now, he doesn't convert to Judaism, but right. he's like, that all that, all those idols and everything, that's all nonsense. Yeah. I, I get, yeah. you know, so he's, he, he buys into the message of Jehovah, the creator, Elohim. I got you. Okay. Okay. And he made many charitable donations to the Jewish people, and he prayed to God always. Now, this is interesting because it's, he's not doing Judaism. He's not, doing, he's not going to the temple. He's not worshiping the way you're supposed to under the law, but he's still praying to God. He's got like a, you would think like a relationship. I don't know what it is, right? So we're going to find out in a yeah. minute. But he doesn't really have a relationship because he's, the way someone would pray to like Jupiter. I got gotcha. you. Or Apollo. Okay. He's praying to Jehovah. Like, kind of like asking for help, but yeah, but he doesn't. Not, there's not. A, there's no there's not, understanding. It's not two way. It's not two way. Okay. Instead of like burning incense to you know Zeus, I'm doing it to Jehovah. Gotcha. And and I back it up with I put my money where my mouth is, and he gives charitable donations, and he gives it to the Jewish people. Right. Because so they're God's the right, people. Yeah, I'm giving it to the God's guys. And, yeah. Are you following yeah, this? I'm with you. And this is going on for a while. Right. We don't know how long, but it's been a long time because we see here there's a track record. So about the ninth hour of this day, and now, again, we're about like at 41 A.D. Okay. Right? 
Uh, and about the ninth hour, 3 p.m. on this day, he clearly saw in a vision an angel of God who had come to him and said, Cornelius, and Cornelius was frightened. I would be too, man. Yeah, I ain't going right. to lie. And stared intently at him and said, what is it, sir? And the angel said to him, your prayers and gifts of charity have ascended as a memorial offering before God. So he's like, wait a minute. So I have been praying to the right guy. Yes. <laughs> like, so, like, this okay, is real. Right. And so now this is so this has been going on. It might have been yeah. going on even before Jesus' time. That's true. It could have. Okay. We're only we don't know how long. Removed, right? right. So and then but an offering is made in remembrance of your past blessings. Now. Send men to Joppa and have them call for a man named Simon, who is also called Peter, and invite him here. He is staying with another Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. And when the angel who was speaking to him was gone, Cornelius called two servants and a devout soldier, right, probably mm. his, his aide-de-camp, right, his, his lieutenant, and from among his own personal attendants, and he said, after explaining everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. And the next day, they were on their way and approaching the city. It sounds like this guy's got good influence under, over his guys, too, right? If, well, he's probably a great leader. Yeah. Like, if somebody's like, you know, so he's, 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 he's worshiping a, a, a God. Devout, a devout soldier. Right, I mean, he's praying to Jehovah. Yeah. He, you know, he is giving charitable gifts to Jehovah's people. He's taken head of his abundance and giving it to God's people. And then his people, who he re, people that respect him, his closely say, "Hey, look, here's what happened. I saw this angel." Which they have to trust him, otherwise, that sounds like kooky stuff. Sounds like yeah, insubordination too. Right? Dude, you call me you a call, liar? Right? Yeah. Right. So, are you following that? Right. <laughs> yeah. So, but what I want to notice is that anywhere on the planet, if you're worshiping Elohim, your heart is to go after God. He will get answers to you. Right. That's really cool. Because I had yeah. people there. There was a guy, and uh, he was a pretty big time minister. And he was always, they're always preaching, you know, if you were to die tonight, right. you're going to go to hell. There's a real hell to shun. And so their basic message of salvation is get out of hell free card, right? right? Get out of hell. Right. That's why you need to believe on Jesus. Don't go to hell. And he had a mental breakdown because he was like, how could God send all these people to hell? That, that can't be God. It doesn't match up, right? Because your whole message was fire and brimstone. It wasn't talking about the redemptive package. Right. You're talking about let's get out of hell package. Right. It's two different things. Mm -hmm. That's why I hardly ever, you'll never hear me even no. talk about it. No. But what you see here is that if anybody is going after God, God will get answers to you anywhere on the planet. If you're, right, because God's faith activated, not right. need activated. Right. If you're looking, God's going to get you answers. Now, another thing you need to see here is that why didn't the angel just preach Jesus to him? Good question. Who is the commission given to? Not the angels. No, who is it given to? It's given to, to the to disciples. humans. Yeah, people. Right. Right. To all the, you go into all the, all heaven, all authority is given to me in heaven and earth. Now you go. Right. It's given to the body of Christ to, to preach the gospel. Humans are the only ones allowed that are commissioned. Remember my commission, I had specific authority. The humans are the only one that have the authority to use the name of Jesus. Hmm. and to preach the name of Jesus, and to preach the gospel and bring other people into the kingdom. Angels can't do it. Interesting. So I want you to think about that. See, yeah. while we're not doing the commission... Nobody else is doing right, it. Right, and the angels yeah. are like, man, if only I could, if only God would give me the authority 
to go yeah. use the name of Jesus. They can't use the name of Jesus. We can and we don't. Right. This is just ridiculous in my mind. <laughs> you can infuse power and you can use healing and provision and peace and safety, right? And uh, at any time in somebody's life in the name of Jesus, you could walk up and do that. But the angels cannot. The best thing, that the only thing they could do is try to get somebody to you. So uh, clearly, um, they, and we'll see the other side of this, that God tells Peter to go with these guys, but he doesn't tell Peter to go there. He tells this guy to go to Peter. Mm, right. That's interesting. Because Peter would not have gone there. And we're <laughs> going to see here in a minute. Peter wouldn't have gone. He would not, would not have gone. Right. And he took some heat for going because... This guy is an Italian, he's a Roman, he's not Jewish, he's a Gentile, and the Jews don't even, uh, they won't even, remember when Jesus, the centurion, came to him, he said, yeah. I'll, I'll come heal your servant. He said, I'm not even worthy for you to come to my house. Like, listen, man, I already know how you Jews are. Yeah. You don't want to, you know, eat with, you know, look at, even acknowledge that we exist. Because we're a Gentile. We're unclean people. Right? Are you following that? Yeah, absolutely. So Peter was not going. Yeah. And there's a big fight about this all throughout the book of Acts, which we'll see later, that, you know, in Peter, uh, they, they rip him, but only because God showed up that nobody could say anything. But then they start down that path again, and then right. they get on Paul and Barnabas, and then they have a big council meeting. And then even after that, Peter and Paul have a big knockdown drag out because Peter tries to go back and make everybody do the law again, become Jewish and separate. I can't eat at the same table as them because they're Greek and I'm... You know, I'm oh, Jewish. Wow. Oh, they're Italian, or they're, you know, from Turkey, or they're from yeah. Syria. I'm Jewish, and they're not. I can't eat at the same table as them. We can't go out to dinner together. Wow. You don't think about that. I mean, because we don't live that way. Right. But, yeah, that, and especially in the Western culture, we, we have so separated secular stuff you know we have churches for sunday yeah. and then we have everything else during the day and during the week and it, we don't we don't think about that like you know methodists and Presbyterians can like sit down together can work together right we you don't know, do or that. catholics yeah and, no and we Baptists don't or yeah, it's not, not, a, it's, it's not i mean there's a little bit of the division but, it, but not like in everyday life there's, there's a division we start talking about right. what people believe and what different traditions are but it doesn't affect your like Every Where we go to like eat, right? Guys, right. Like I'll meet, you know, we yeah. go to Starbucks. You don't I mean, think this, about. I can't this go to truly Starbucks. shook up so much of their daily life the, in the so many whole, ways. It disrupted the entire world system. Right. That's probably the entire world system was disrupted by the name of Jesus, and it should be again today. Because yes. what happened is we camped out. They did it for like two years and they get persecution. They do it for another four years. They get persecution. We've been doing it for like two hundred years in this country. We should be getting some persecution. Because we're just camped out. Mm -hmm. So, because <laughs> Peter, even after he gets the Holy Spirit, we're going to see he gives him a vision, and even after God, Jesus really himself tells him, you know, don't call the Gentiles unclean, he still wouldn't go if these guys hadn't been down there showing up to take him. <laughs> He'd have been like, wow, I must have, you know, that was a crazy dream I just had. <laughs> right. Got to stop eating pizza and ice cream together. <laughs> so in verse 9, the next day they were on their way to the city, approaching the city, and Peter went up on the roof of the house about the sixth hour noon to pray. And he became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. And he saw the sky opened up, 
and an object like a great sheet descending lowered by its four corners to the earth. And it contained all kinds of four-footed animals and crawling creatures of the earth and birds of the air. And a voice came to him and said, get up, Peter, kill and eat. So you got bacon, <laughs> lobster, yeah, shellfish, shrimp. All the good stuff they weren't allowed to touch, yeah. right? That's all a bunch of non-kosher stuff. Yeah. And Peter said, not at all, Lord. I have never eaten anything that is common, unholy, or ceremonially unclean. Listen, I'm kosher. Ain't nothing but past these lips that has not been blessed off by you know, the, the Jewish priests. And the voice came to him a second time, saying, What God has cleansed and pronounced clean no longer consider common or unholy. Mm. And because and Peter listened to the third, you know, that's the second time it happened. But then what? Then this happened three more times. <laughs> He's got to tell Peter five times here, and then immediately the object was taken up to the heaven. So this happened, and now Peter was still perplexed and completely at a loss as to what this vision could mean. When the men who had been sent by Cornelius, having asked directions to Simon's house, arrived at the gate. And they called out to ask Simon whether someone else called Peter was staying there. And while Peter was thoughtfully considering the vision, the spirit says to him, Now listen, three men are looking for you. Get up and go downstairs and go with them without hesitating or doubting because I have sent them myself. Without that, Peter would not have gone. This is Peter upon my, you know, the, the, the rock upon my church, the gates of hell, we're not prepared, the keys to the kingdom, bind and loose. This, this Peter, walk on water, Peter, would not have went to the Gentiles. Mm. So Peter went down to the men and said, I'm the one you're looking for. For what reason have you come? Now, he doesn't know they're Gentiles or Jews. He doesn't know anything yet. He just knows the Spirit of God told him, don't hesitate, don't doubt, get your butt up there, go with them. And they said, Cornelius, a centurion. Oh, come on now. <laughs> An upright and God-fearing man. Yeah, you can say that all you want, but he's a Roman. Right. Well spoken of by all the Jewish people. Was divinely instructed by a holy angel to send for you to come to his house and hear what you have to say. Now, this is crazy what happens next. Because Peter invites them in and gives them lodging for the night. So, that's breaking with tradition just a little bit, I'm guessing extremely unusual for like a Jew to say. invite a Gentile yeah. into the house, much less offer lodging. Right. Like, that's like... So we're going to have, have a drink together. People are freaking out. Yeah, like, like, no, not just have a drink together yeah. and meet at a neutral place, <laughs> right. like, you know, like, down at the bar. See, no. you, see you at the at the, uh, yeah. the well. I'll get you guys a room down <laughs> at the Holiday Inn Express. He right. says, no, come on in. And it's not even his house. It's Simon the Tanner's house. You might have wanted to check with Simon whether you could let these guys in. Yeah. But on the following day... They were too busy getting him something ready to eat, though. Yeah. He's going to be sitting by the beach, getting weighted on hand yeah, and foot. Yeah. Got a nice, nice rooftop bar. You get out can there chill and get out. the commission going, right? <laughs> on the following day, he and the others entered Caesarea. Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. So he gathers everybody together. Now, remember, they got to walk 30 miles and they're going back up there 30. It takes them a while. Then Peter arrived. Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshiped him, prostrated himself in reverence. Mm -hmm. But Peter said, rise, he said to him, rise up, stand up. I'm only a man too. And Peter talked with him and he entered the house. Oh man, oh, Peter, boy. you are so in trouble, man. Double and trouble. found a large group of people were assembled. So it's like, oh, oh wow, so you got, right? friends I, coming got over. everybody here. 
And he said to them, You know that it is unlawful for a Jewish man to associate with or befriend a Gentile or to visit them, and yet God has shown me that I'm not to call anyone common or ceremonial unclean. Mm. Mm. <laughs> you're not supposed, listen, you're not supposed to call any. Here's one of the things that I, and it's one of the things that I meditate on or pray on, is that my own prejudices would not stop me from fulfilling the commission. Mm. I have to see everybody in the potential of the redemptive package. Like, how does God see them? Right. And make sure that my behavior and my attitudes line up with his. Mm-hmm. As not to push people. them, drive right. them away. Yeah. Because you could be like, well, now that, like Paul saw, we saw last week, was the hardest of the hard. No one was going to go take him the commission. Jesus had to do it because he couldn't find anybody else to do it. <laughs> right. Like, we don't want to just say, well, they're a hard case or they're awful or they're, you know, they're from the other, you know, political party. Mm. <laughs> I'm not calling anybody common or unclean. Mm. And I'm not going to take myself out from the position of being able to infuse power from the basis of the name yeah. of Jesus because you can't receive because I have uh, my own prejudices have taken me out. Right. Does that make sense? It, yeah, I think what you're saying is if, if you do anything that would put you in a position where somebody could not receive from you. Right. And you're only going to receive. You're only going to receive from somebody whom you value and, and put in, and hold in some form of honor, esteem, or right. regard, esteem. something. Yeah. Or at least not hate you because you hate right. me. You know. So I'm not going to. So you're not going to go onto my Facebook or my Twitter and find me ripping, you know, whatever person or canceling somebody. Yeah. Because I don't. You're not going to see it. Right. I, I've never done it from the pulpit. I don't say names. I'm, right. I will talk about behavior as a teaching moment. How do we change behaviors? But we don't know, man. Don't take your. This is you can't. Don't call anyone common or unclean. You're, Jesus died for everybody. Right. I don't care how much you, whatever your emotional blind spot is, because Peter had a big one here, and he and he had fallout from it, as we're going to see. But he said, you know what? God showed me I'm not to call anyone common or unclean. Therefore, when I was sent for, I came without raising him an objection. But he re-objected to God. Not me, Lord. I never killed anything that ain't Right? So I asked, for what reason have you sent me? And Cornelius said, four days ago this hour, I was praying in my house during the ninth hour, the three to four o'clock hour. And a man dressed in bright, dazzling clothing stood before me. And he said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your acts of charity have been remembered before God so that he is about to help you. Therefore, send word to Joppa and invite Simon, who is also called Peter, to come, and he is staying at the house of Simon the Tanner by the sea. So I sent for you at once, and you have been kind enough to come. Now then, we are all here present before God to listen to everything that you have been instructed by the Lord to say. Peter's like, I did all I got was come with these guys. God didn't tell me to say nothing. Yeah, I didn't know this was a service. Oh my gosh! Right? I, I let my notes are back at Joppa, and I, I didn't really prepare anything. What? And, you know? Do you guys have PowerPoint here? Can we plug in? <laughs> so now look at it. it says in verse thirty. What's it say in the King James of verse thirty-four? It says, "Then Peter opened his mouth." Oh man! And in, in the Amplified, it said, "And opening his mouth, Peter said." He does. He hasn't prepared for this. He's, He's like, blindsided, uh, man. And this is how God is. When you're fulfilling the commission, God doesn't tell you one, two, three, four, and lay out the plan. He right. said, "There's three dudes downstairs. Go with them." He get. He has no idea what. He doesn't know the angel Cornelius. Nothing. He knows yeah. nothing. 
Then and he they gets get to walk there. for 30 miles. Right. And they get there, and then there's a whole group of people in there, and Cornelius right. is like, all right, tell us what God told you to say. And Peter's like, what? <laughs> God didn't tell me to say anything. He said not to call what he made, you know, common. I don't call it unclean. He said, don't yeah. call anyone common. That's what he told me. All right, so this is back to the original commission, right? He already been told what to say. You don't have to, like, come up with the, so he's going to preach the gospel. Now watch. Most certainly I understand now. This is what he's like talking himself through it. I want <laughs> right. you to watch this. Yeah, this is happening This is in, real time. in the name of Jesus yeah. practical exercise. Because God yeah. will put you in a spot where you're going to have to talk yourself through it while, while you're, you're talking to other people. Right. Yeah. You're obeying and you're like, oh, yeah. okay. So yeah. Most certainly. Yeah, I've done this before. I understand now that God <laughs> is not one to show partiality to people as though Gentiles were excluded from God's blessing. But in every nation, the person who fears God and does what is right by seeking him is acceptable and welcomed by him. Let's just wow. stop right here. This is the gospel message. Yeah. Not if you don't believe on Jesus, you're going to hell. <laughs> Fire and brimstone. No, you're welcomed by him. If you're seeking him, remember, without faith it's impossible to believe God. You must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him, right? Mm -hmm. He is, mm -hmm. he exists, and he's also a rewarder. I'm seeking him. If you're seeking God, he's a rewarder. Right. You're acceptable, and you are welcomed. Verse 36, you know the message which he sent to the sons of Israel, announcing the good news, the gospel of peace, through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. Now, he's still talking to himself because they don't know the message of Jesus. Otherwise, the angel wouldn't have sent them there. They would have just believed on Jesus. Hmm. See where it says, you know the message? You don't yeah. know. He's like, Andrew, Peter, you know the message. Right? But he's telling, you know all the things that have taken place throughout Judea, starting in Galilee, after the baptism preached by John. They don't know. These are foreigners. They don't, you know, they don't know. So, this is funny because I, if you listen to our, I always say, remember this, and we saw that, and they, remember, when I'm preaching, I say that stuff, and you might it might be the first time I'm saying it to you, but I remember it from when I was right. saying it some other. This is the same thing that's happening to Peter. Right. He's like, you guys know that, you know this, you know that. I'm like, no, I don't know that, but now I do because you just told it to me. So he's going to tell you. <laughs> Verse thirty-eight. Now, if you have your highlighter out, highlight this verse in your Bible. Because this is the works of Jesus. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with great power, and he went around doing good. Remember what Dorcas was doing? Mm -hmm. Tabitha, yep. doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. That's the works of Jesus. Go about doing good. That's our work. That's the works we should also be doing. Going about mm -hmm. doing good. Right. And healing all who are oppressed of the devil. For we are personally eyewitnesses to everything that uh, he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem in particular. And they put him to death by hanging him on a cross. God raised him to life on the third day and caused him to be plainly seen. Not to all people, but to witnesses who were chosen and designated beforehand by God. That is, to us who ate and drank together with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us, here's the commission, he commanded us to preach to the people, both Jew and Gentile, Peter's now adding, <laughs> and to solemnly testify that he is the one who has been appointed 
and ordained by God as judge of the living and the dead, and all the prophets testify about him, that through his name, everyone who believes in him, who trusts in and relies on him, accepting him as Savior and Messiah, receives forgiveness of sin. And while Peter was still preaching the words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to the message, confirming God's acceptance of the Gentiles. And all the circumcised, that's the Jewish believers, that came with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they had heard them talking in unknown tongues and exalting and magnifying and praising God. And Peter said, Can anyone refuse water for these people to be baptized since they have already received the Holy Ghost just as we did? And he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus. And then they asked him to stay for a few days, and he taught them. Was, wow. there, look, was, there a, was there an altar call here? No. Did anybody say a sinner's prayer? No. They didn't even you know, confess. They didn't say, oh, I'm sorry for my sins. They're believing it while Peter's like, preaching, and, and they get filled with the Holy Ghost, start speaking in tongues. They didn't even take up an offering. Nothing. Yeah. Just be like you don't even you don't have to say the sinner's prayer. Right. You don't have to be closed on the deal. There's not an altar. People are like you don't have to pray. No, apparently not because I just read right here while Peter's still preaching, the Holy Ghost fills them, and then you know the Holy Ghost can't fill you if you're not born again. Right. Right. And then and then all the Jews are like, well, ah, well, yeah, but I don't know what we're gonna do with that. But so God just bypasses all their prejudice. Hmm. And they infused these guys with power and the presence because they believed in the name of Jesus and they believed on Jesus. Do you see, it, was, it said yeah. both things. In it. Yeah. And in chapter 11, verse 1, now the apostles and the believers, right, two different kinds of people, apostles and believers who were throughout Judea heard with astonishment that the Gentiles had also received and accepted the word of God, the message concerning salvation through Christ. So when Peter, he goes back to Jerusalem those of the circumcision, certain Jewish believers who had followed the law, took issue with him for violating Jewish customs, saying, you went to uncircumcised men and even ate with them. And Peter began at the beginning, explained all the events to them step by step. I was in the city of Joppa praying, right? And they go through the whole, he goes through the whole thing. And the Spirit told me to go, right? And uh, while I'm preaching, and at verse 15, when I began to speak, Verse 15, the Holy Spirit fell on them just as he did on us at the beginning of Pentecost. Then I remembered the word of the Lord, how he used to say, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So if God gave Gentiles the same gift equally as he gave to us after we accepted and believed and trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ, who am I to interfere or stand in God's way? Then when they heard this, they quieted down glorified and praised God, said, well, then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance that re leads to eternal life. That's real life. So, okay. This time. <laughs> but we're going to tinker with it some more later. Right. Fine, we'll let it go. Yeah. We can't argue with God. So yeah. this is the, every time you try to put God in a box, he jumps out of it. So my question in fulfilling the Great Commission, in operating in the basis of the name of Jesus is to make sure that I, I make sure that I, I unveil my own disposition before the Father in my prayer time. Father, is there anything in here that's keeping me, right? And as I was younger, as I told you, it took me 30 years to do this. The younger, when I was younger, I would have emotional reactions to people where I would cut people off. They don't believe like I believe, or they're, you know, they said bad words or what, you know, I don't like how they're living their life or they, yeah. yeah, I don't like their lifestyle. 
It's an alternate lifestyle. Um, no. Mm. I have to unveil all that and be like, you know, I need to see them the way Jesus, the potential that Jesus, because Jesus looks at somebody and he sees what they he, can be. He's not judging them. No. So why should we? Because all are accepted and welcome. Right. Once they hear and they seek, they're like, yeah, I, and they, then that's it. That's the end of it. I don't care what you did in your past or what you're doing right now. Right. You could be the meanest, vilest. See, this is why I don't get emotionally stirred up and get in the middle of political fights right. or sports arguments or really any, any kind of arguments. Listen, if you want to live an alternate lifestyle, if you want to you say your gender is different, I'm not going to argue with you about it. When you get these big political causes and all, all you're doing is cutting yourself off from somebody receiving the message of Jesus. Hmm. We're not preaching against anything. I don't preach against any religion. <laughs> right? We, don't pre we preach for life. Right. We're not preaching against I don't need to study all the world religions to see where they're wrong. Right. I, I don't care where they're right. That, or denominations even. Well, you believe this doctrine and I believe that doctrine. You're wrong. And I'm no. You know what? I, none of that really matters. God said, if you you're seeking after me, you're welcomed and you're accepted. Mm. Now let's go to work. Help somebody else. I want you to have spiritual health. I want you to have physical health. I want you to have mental health. I want you to have emotional health. I want you to have social health and good relationships. I want you to have financial health and good provision. And I want you to be in safety. That's the, that, after that, like you guys can sit around and fight. That's what we call rich people problems after that. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? You want to argue about this doctrine or that doctrine and should you wear a hat in a church or not wear a hat or, you know, can you wear makeup or have earrings or tattoos? I don't care about any of those things. Because the Lord doesn't, so it's not bothering Him. Shouldn't shouldn't bother us. And listen, right? it's not my job to convict or convince anybody where right. they're missing it. Right. I got enough problem with my own stuff. Okay, <laughs> so I'm not judging you, and I'm not trying to tell you. I'm, people are like you need to correct their beliefs. No, I don't. That's not my business. Yeah, my business is here's what my job is: is to stir up the excitement, to try and get you excited about the covenant, so that you can believe. And then you know what? It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict you of where you're missing it. It's not yeah. my job. I don't care. You know, yeah, don't try to do His job for him. I'm not. He's, right, just stay yeah. in His life. I'm staying yeah. in my. And see, this is what these Jews were, the, the religious folks of the day. They were believers that were trying to keep the law. That doesn't sound familiar. No. That there's, you know, Christians that are trying to do the, you know. No, let's not saddle people with obligation. That's not right. what the name of Jesus is about. It's about infusing you with life. Mm. It's about bringing all the parts of the redemption, right? All the parts of health and peace mm. to your life so that you could walk and, and have a great life and then go help other people have a great life. Like, let's stop arguing and fighting and cussing and just crawling and scrawling and bawling about, you know, stupid stuff. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I just... No, you're right. It, it is. We, there's so much time and energy wasted. And you got to think, like, looking at other people the way, way Jesus looks at, down at, at us. You think, what's he thinking sitting up watching all this? It's just a bunch of kids squabbling. Like, man, and like... So well, we're just somebody wasting, get to work. we're wasting right. time and we're wasting our lives, our natural lives, yeah. our life force is being wasted on stuff. Hey, this, I teach this in corporate too. Yeah. This isn't like, I, you know, I would take these same principles to corporate. This is why I'm not like on sports talk radio anymore. Hmm. 
Because I'm like, we're arguing over this guy's better or that guy's better. Right. Who cares? How about we argue, like, how do I get you healed? How can I get provision to you? How can we make you strong so that your life is great and in the covenant, and then you can go help other people? Like, that's a much better thing to right. be talking about than arguing over some guy who 30 years ago is better than the guy that's 10 years ago. Yeah, it's pretty silly. It's very silly. Yeah. Hmm. But so I just, I mean, you know, we love people. Right. And we'd love to infuse their life with good and healing. Right. And if you're yelling at somebody or, you know, then you can't do that. Yeah, they'll, they'll want nothing to do with you. <laughs> it's hard to receive. <laughs> you don't you even want anything to do. Yeah. If you don't want anything to do with them, how could you bring that? How can right. you infuse that into them? Like, I'm constantly looking. And listen, and again, I'm not telling you, I don't go out on the streets to, like, feed homeless people. Mm-hmm. I'm like Peter. I'm waiting. I'm, I'm I'm doing my business, and when God says go here to help somebody, then I go. Right. I don't waste my resources on people that are what the Bible calls feeble-minded. It says, you know, comfort them. They, oh, that's okay. If you're weak and you want to become strong, I will help you. Right. But if you're just wanting, you just want to stand there with your hand out and waste my resources. I'm not doing that. And the Bible tells us not to do that. Yeah. Well, you're in that in that scenario. Your help wouldn't really help them. No, it just enables them. Right, right, right. Hmm. Enabling somebody to continue their bad behavior is not good works. It might assuage your guilt for a minute because you gave some money to the guy that's standing there with the squeegee mm-hmm. at the street corner with three hundred dollar, you know, Air Jordans on. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. I'm guessing you've seen that before. Too many times. Yeah. And, and listen, man, if I can help you, I will. But here's the help. You don't have to live like that. Right. You, sh- you don't have to beg. You can have a great life. Yeah. Yeah. In Jesus. That usually that shuts them up real quick. <laughs> you break out the name of Jesus, man. You watch the panhandlers run for the hills. Mm-hmm. All right. I think that's about yeah. all we got time for. Yeah. It was good to see uh, Peter get to work today. Yeah, he's back you on know, the saddle, back, man. Back on it, so that's good. And uh, appreciate the the discussion and, and the deep dive and, and some of those things, too. It's nice to see, just understand the context of some of these stories, especially with, you know, the the whole um, clean, unclean thing. I mean, I think the only thing we could relate to in this country and have to go back a few years would be, uh, you know, in, in, in the 60s and the 50s, uh, uh, a, a person of color going into a, a restaurant where they weren't allowed to eat or going into the wrong bathroom or sitting in the front of the butt, you know, like that, that, that was such a big deal that you just didn't do. And, and, and what you're, what we described probably pay, that pales in comparison, right? I mean, you're, you're talking yeah. about, um, you know, not just segregation, but just the, the, just the split of societies back then and how they really were inward focused. Right. So it's good to have that. And it was cool to see too, just how, he operates how the spirit operates and, and gives you just enough to get you going. And, and when you get there, sometimes you're going to, you get blindsided, man. Gonna know, and it's like, what am gotta, I here for? Gotta, just got to roll with it. Right. right. You just got to roll. He's like, he opened his it. mouth and started speaking to himself. Yeah. And then, and then he's, and then, and that's what you get going. Yeah. And the anointing comes. And then, then what needs to be said comes out. The Holy spirit will give it and, to you. And then think of like in that scenario with Peter, how many, how many churches could have been born from that one meeting right there? Like there probably were people that were from other areas too. And, and well, the, this happens like like I said, like seven years after Jesus, maybe eight, and then 
Paul still has another like six mm-hmm. more, you know, seven more years, and that really this opens the door for Paul to go to the uttermost parts of the earth. If we don't have this, if Peter doesn't go yeah. to Cornelius and the Holy Spirit doesn't fall, then Paul can't go to all of you know Turkey and right. Syria and and Greece and, and and ultimately in Rome. So this really was a catalyst. The yeah, spark this is that a thing started. that God had to put this down. And, and watch this. Like this is not everyone thinks is instant, right? This took like seven or eight years to get to this point since Jesus yeah. arose, right? So it's not like stop being in a hurry. God's mm. not right. But when it's when He tells you to go without hesitation or doubt, then go <laughs> without hesitation or doubt, right? Because now it's time to move, right? Don't get ahead and don't get behind. There you go. Mm. There you go. Well, guys, I hope you all enjoyed uh, the discussion today. If you have any questions, please let us know. Uh, best way to contact us is email uh, logosuncovered at gmail.com. For in Whitman, I'm Doug Brown saying we will see you next time on the Logos Uncovered. Bye for now. <laughs>